Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Don't let them in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is a Star Wars episode, so I'm here with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we have the main Star Wars book. This week, back to the grind of that NITS issue number 26. And that's, I'm saying, after that 25th anniversary type (laughs) deal that we had that was a little odd. But this is the path to victory. Before we get into this, though, check us out on Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. If you follow us, we'll follow you back. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, and then go over and check out our Patreon, where you can help us out for everything we do, patreon.com slash weird science and the way that we've shifted some things i do believe that we'll have this stores episode a couple days early access so that's something that people nice. might be interested in and maybe they're interested in this issue the old star wars 26 written by charles sewell art by andre skinnelay colors by rachel rosenberg letters by vcs clayton cowles i said it was the path to victory The Rebellion has made progress in its struggle to free the galaxy from Imperial rule. General Leo Organa has finally triumphed over the cruel Commander Zara, who massacred multiple rebel squadrons. In another corner of the galaxy, Luke Skywalker sought out the secrets of the Jedi to improve his connection to the Force. His journey culminated in the discovery of a mystery book, a mysterious book linked to the Jedi. Then he just seems to sit around and read. I think everybody's (laughs) making fun of Luke in this one. Despite this progress, The threat of the Empire looms as large as ever in the wake of the crushing defeat on Hoth, the capture of Captain Han Solo, and the slaughter at the hands of Commander Zara. The heroes of the Rebellion will need more victories to weaken the Empire's grip over the galaxy. We start on Bar-Leth, the Galactic Core, Imperial Unity Day Parade. So this is the big parade. This is Imperial Day, Imperial Unity Day. So they're having a parade and it's one of those, you know, Russian type deals, you know, the USSR Soviet Union, where they take the tanks through Red Square. It's very much like that. You end up having all of these ADATs, TIE fighters, all these things going on here. I wish the art was better. I will say Andre Skinnelay's art is not very detailed. Not at In all. this, a lot of the people's faces aren't detailed enough. They end up looking the same. And Mon Mothma has a giraffe neck, <laughs> is what I tell you uh, through. There's no wolf men, the though. Wolf That's man. good. Uh, but with all of that, maybe there is a bit, because Chewbacca might look like one. But yeah, he's a wolf man. In this, you end up where it's like a parade to show, obviously, the military might of the Empire. But it is Imperial Unity Day. A couple officers are amongst the crowd. Big crowd, too. It's not just Imperials, it looks like. It looks like there's a lot of people from the city, whatnot, there. Uh, you could tell me different, but I no, would disagree. No, I agree with you, a bunch of regular Joes, yeah, civilians. They're just, I mean, if you are there on Unity Day, Imperial Unity Day, and you're part of the Imperial Army, whatnot, you are wearing a uniform. If you're not wearing a uniform, you're a civilian. This is a big deal. And... You end up having, you know, the, these two imperial officers are like, boy, look at this new equipment. This is really cool, <laughs> right? You know, they're enjoying it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, what looks like all the civilians start yelling, oh, no, it can't be. I thought they were gone. Now, you can go with the idea that they might be imperial 
I won't say sympathizers because that's just the government thing going on. But in a thing like this, the way the government and the imperial imperials are, I would think that a lot of these people are made to go here. I would think that it is pretty much known if you better. Yeah, you better get your butt in there and in the seats and cheer all this stuff. And I'll tell you right away that this made me feel a little uneasy. Uh, because you just end up having the rebel fleet come in and just destroy everything. Now, you don't necessarily see people getting attacked, but they are destroying everything in this road there, all this equipment. There's got to be some casualties. There's got to be yeah, something. People are running around scared. It's it's traumatizing. And I know that the idea of rebellion versus, you know, rebels versus freedom fighters versus terrorists, whatnot. But most of the time that we've seen things like this, it has been the rebels doing the good thing. They're they're reacting or somebody's in trouble or it's a base. It's almost always been military stuff. You've not seen many civilians in the middle of a giant battle. This just felt weird. It, it yep. just felt off. In uh, a little bit, you'll have, and pages later, Mon Mothma will be talking about it. And it's like just casually says... We really made sure there were no casualties, uh, civilian casualties. We, we made sure the civilians were safe. How'd you make sure of that? You just zapped in here and just started blasting. And it just felt weird. It felt odd. And it felt weird for afterwards, the rebels to just start drinking it up and celebrating. Everybody's cheering, except Lobo. He Lobo looks sad. Lobo looks spaced out, man. He was, wasn't he man in the gun? Oh, yeah. Lobo was there, man in the gun. Maybe he's got the 100-foot the stare going. <laughs> oh, Lobo <laughs> is having problems. Look at him there. He's like, I don't drink. You, you end up everybody's cheering. I killed cheering. too many civilians. Yeah, he's like, I killed children. I will <laughs> now go to my room and cry. It's okay if Lobo does it because he doesn't. Yeah, talk Lobo, about it. he doesn't have the emotions of it. They're like, <laughs> hey, get Lobo to kill all this. About now, again, we don't see any real civilians. It just, it's in that scene. It just felt weird. It definitely did, Jim. They were in there so fast. They flew down. I know. Blasted the hell out of them. And then and got they the flew hell out, out, right? Empire didn't even have a chance to get a get No, a they shot didn't fired. even get a shot. They yeah. they yelled for the TIE fighters. The TIE fighters arrived too late. They were gone. Yeah. And so with that, they, they even go with that deal where I think they left so quick so they couldn't see what has happened. Let's get out of here. Did you see anything? Nope. I just saw <laughs> fire. And they get out. And it's just the idea again. And they're saying, we attacked this parade so that, it, and it was broadcast throughout the galaxy, so that the rest of the galaxy will see that we're still around we're doing this but again in that deal if you're looking at it from the empire side of things this really just felt like really over the top terrorism it felt weird but we know that it's leia luke and all them they 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 had to have planned it but it just it just felt wrong everybody's smiling and and laughing yeah they're laughing it up and then at one point you end up hey skywalker this is my favorite luke goes Hey, Leia, I'm going to drink a little here, but I got to go read my book. She's like, boy, you love that book, don't you? That book must really be a page turner. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, every time I pick it up, I feel like I'm one with the force. And I'm telling you, this feels like the goofy deal of all the other pilots going, watch this. I'm going to get Skywalker again. Hey, Luke, let's do that thing again. Show us that thing. And he ends up lighting up the lightsaber and posing. And they're like, oh, man, look at that. Just magic. And then he leaves and they all point and laugh at him. I, I swear to God, though. Look at that guy. Yeah, no, I, you're on to something there. Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> making fun it of the poor guy. like they're making fun of him. Like, it's the one thing. You, hey, buddy, let's see that. And then he leaves and they all laugh. They're all cheering in there. And he's like, Luke's walking away as he hears the cheers and laughter. He's like, man, they really like me. But he goes off there to read his book. <laughs> and you have Leia go off to talk to Mon Mothma, Akbar, everybody of the inner circle of leaders, the, you know, strategists of the the uh, rebels. And they say they need a base. They need a supply chain. Leia's already started working on it. She hasn't, must not have told them. And that's where you see Mon Mothma's giraffe neck. And she says, hey, Giraffe Neck, I think that <laughs> what we are going to be doing is Kira and the Crimson Dawn. They're going to set this up. And they say, well, can we trust them? Well, no, but we can use them. And if things go wrong, Holdo will end up, you know, stopping it. And and she's smart and she'll know. And we know that Amelin Holdo is in charge of mm-hmm. the betweens with that. And she, yeah, she's pretty cool. So you end up where she'll be able to tell. She'll keep Kira on the up and up. And Kira doesn't like the Empire. So why wouldn't she help them? And Kira's one to just help everybody, both sides, all the sides, whatever. So, yeah, we can get our stuff. We'll use her for what she'll let us use her on. And we'll get the things. The funny thing, though, is they say we need a base to rest and to fix the ships. And we need a supply line. Well, the Kira stuff just seems like it would be like the supplies or something. And they kind of adjourn this meeting of, all right, everything's worked out. I'm like, is it? You, yeah. you didn't really talk about the base or whatnot, but they're going to go and find something with that. But then we get, no, I'm telling you, all this at this point, we're halfway through. And I was kind of thinking, boy, this this isn't playing out very well, this issue. It does change, though, because then you go off to something huge, which at points I'm doing you know, research. Oh, my God, they mentioned this guy. I remember that guy. Okay, this, that. To just get the reveal at the end anyway. I ended mm-hmm. up, I didn't have to do any research. No, you could have waited. And before we reveal it, if you have ever seen the TV show Fringe, it's very much like that. It's kind of a scene that you're like, at the end, holy crap, that we were in this all along. I think it's very much played out like that, but we'll discuss that at the end. We're at the Imperial Black Facility, codenamed Second Sun, S-U-N, and we have Moth. Jer, Gerard, that is the big tell. That's the play of what's going on here. Even though you're made to not realize how big this is, and you might think that Moff, Jer, Gerard, this is a earlier job that might have been before what will become his huge yeah, job yeah. in the Return of the Jedi. Again, I'm going to keep it close to the, the chest here because <laughs> he ends up having a major Sharon come in from Palpatine, who is inspecting the security of this place. They are big on these black site steals, these black hole sites, and they make they want to make sure that everything is tight. Nothing can slip out. Nothing can go on. The funny play is by the end, this woman showing up, this major Sharon, is going to be the slip up that causes everything to go down. If she didn't come to inspect the security, the security was tight enough that there was no way this is going to happen. So mm-hmm. you end up where she's there. I want to check and you get his lieutenant. This uh, Moff Gerard has his lieutenant talk about all of the ins and outs of the security, things like that. And we go through a little tour. Again, you're not seeing exactly what is going on. Even when you go and see individual workers, 
they don't really know. And they say the idea people are here for life. I mean, until this job is done. Yeah, for a year or two or whatever. I'm going to give a little hint to everyone. This job will not ever really finish that easily (laughs) as you go. You're going to have some problems here. Uh, And also the idea that they're they're just not allowed to leave, not allowed to communicate, not allowed to do anything, though. We see some. They don't really know what they're putting together. They just know what they they are a part of a whole. Yeah, it would be like me, you, everybody listening. We are at a factory and each of us are involved in one little part. We put it together. We find out at the end we're making atomic bombs and we'd never know that. You would never we're know. Just, I'm just the widget A worker. guy. Boop, I put that in and go down. Yeah, they're just moving things around and making things. This is supposed to be so tight on security that even the people in there don't know what's going on, all that stuff happening. There is a play here that I'll I'll bring up at the end that's kind of a clerk's deal as well. But Uh-oh. you end up here where yeah, she's going through, you have these guys like, oh, God, what's going on? Ah, everybody seems stressed out, and it isn't a very nice work environment. Problem is, I mean, you have this lieutenant, and Moff Gerard, they they look like twins at points. Yeah, the, the art is very hard to tell their faces apart with or without hats on and stuff. Yeah, you do end up seeing, you know, that it is stressful. It is something that people are, you know, kind of down on. At least they let them drink, which I, I'm surprised. But you end up going and seeing this Bevelin who is in charge of this one crew. And after it's funny because you want to make Bevelyn a, a cool character right away. So she lets her crew cut out two minutes early. <laughs> I thought she was going to get killed for that. The thing is, I think that she would be. I mean, she laughs. laughs. She's like, eh, the officers. Also, I will point out that you end up having these crews and everyone there. It is like Nazi Germany in this place. You are encouraged to sell out anybody there. If oh, I yeah. see you. You know, step back from your assembly line and take an extra rat drink out. when you're inside, rat you out. And I get a reward and you might get killed for the littlest things. You will be in trouble. So they say that. So I guess what you're showing here and what Charles Sewell is supposed to, you know, try is this Bevelin is a good person who, who people like and trust because any of this crew could sell her out. But she's like, hey, we'll cut out two minutes early. Hey. If anybody has problems, you know, just send them to me, old Bevelyn, you know me, and also puts out the name. But I like her right away. I mean, she's, yeah, and she's then cool. like, hey, uh, and, and she really pushes that. Charles really going with it. Like, this is, again, like her one joke, because you end up where, hey, are we going to see you down at the bar? I don't know, unless I'm throwing out an airlock for insubordination. <laughs> and they're like, ha, 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 well, are we going to see you? I don't know. They might hang me because like she keeps going. <laughs> All right. Cut it off, Bevlin. Just let's go get drunk. But she goes back to see her husband. Her husband, I believe it is John. Yep. And goes, now in this, I did see somebody had a write-up of this. And you end up having this John say, hey, I got to talk to you. And Bevlin says, well, I got to take a shower. They also have this idea of, Hey, have a good day of work. Well, I pushed this box to that place and put that box to the other place. Okay, what'd you do? Well, I put some numbers here and then numbers there. John seems to be like a tech guy, uh, a number cruncher guy. So while they're doing that, he then says, I got a message from my aunt, Annie Q, which right away we know is Kira. Do you think that now this is what they said? They say legitimately 
that this is the nephew of Kira. I thought yep. that was just code. I thought it was just like like everybody would call her. Oh, you know, Andy Q. Oh, Andy. Like, Actual blood relative, it seems. Yeah, they're saying they're legitimately blood relatives. So that is, you know, makes it a little more important that, you know, Kira would look out for them or not put them in a situation. But and this guy, this this guy, John, is uh, the Moff's assistant. And he goes off to a break or whatever. And he, that's when he gets the message on his tablet. Yeah, he does get the message. Who's doing the background checks in the most secure place in all of the galaxy? A thing that Palpatine himself has to make sure and we'll see what this is how does this slip through if kira is actually his aunt if this is that's why i don't think i think that that's like a code maybe a wink wink yeah, it might because be. that had to a pop it's not like eighth cut we don't know anyway but it just seems like that would be like you know hey you know mama t call it's just this thing that they play out but we'll see but and i don't know if we'll ever see but it seems weird that you would have that close a connection and have this allowed on there especially with the crimson dawn so prevalent in the galaxy as being looked at as this like underhanded deal but in that you end up where he says and you're right because when he went in that break room he got a message that was snuck in through a imperial navy propaganda holo Yep. And there's no way to get back out. I'd love it if you see this holo and it's just like, the Imperial Navy is great. We are sailing on into the stars. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's me, Kira. You, you got to <laughs> cause problems. It <laughs> goes out there like, man, she snuck that in. I don't know how you're sneaking this message in. But he ends up getting it. And it's for them to cause chaos. That's all. That's the message is just cause chaos. Do what you think is the thing that would bring stuff down. Do what you can. And again, this may have just been not a message specifically to him. It might have been that full out because remember, we had that message. Kira had sent out cause chaos. Everybody caused chaos. So it's like that just overall it's message. It's probably just so, a general message. Yeah, because I think if it Kira was, knew, she doesn't know about the Death Star, obviously, or she would just tell people herself. She's just assuming this and guy she knows sent something. sent this out before. We saw her send out this message. Of yeah, she did. So it yeah. has to be that. She ended up saying, hey, everybody, you know, cause chaos, start going. It almost activating all these sleepers. She even says we're activated. So they have to figure out, okay, what are they going to do? We just know that this at this point, it's a facility. So I'm thinking, okay, they're going to end up like one of those where I'll mess up this a little or, you know, maybe cutting out four minutes early, you know, whatever they might do. And this guy, now that you have made it clear, this guy <laughs> could cause some things. Maybe you cause like dissent among things. You start to make up rumors. I mean, you could do some stuff that well, would cause the, some problems. The thing is, this is just what, like I said, Jeff, but when you find out what this place is and what they're going to do, this is the biggest thing that's happened probably since all of these books have started. I'm telling you, this is humongous in what this issue is in a weird, subtle way, because all this going down, they're like, we're going to do it. We're going to we're going to get out of here. I have a way. Uh, there is one way we can get out. It's very risky. But if we don't take it now, we're never going to get another opportunity. Find out it's it's to get off on the shuttle from the inspector. Uh, the lady who came in, you know, Sharon, who came in to inspect, that's the only way you're going to get in and out. And so I'm wondering, like, OK, they're going to stow away or something. But you end no. up where the, everything was good. 
Sharon says to Jared Gerard, uh, you run a tight ship. This is great. I'm going to go tell Palpatine. Now, in the meantime, like I said, Jared Gerard mentions we're only a little behind schedule right now, but that's to be expected in a project this big. Later, we'll find out he gets really behind and there's a personal visit from Palpatine. But we'll see. <laughs> that's that's in the Return of the Jedi, because what you see here is this Sharon gets back on her transport, her shuttle. And says, oh, my God, you're not my pilot. And we see that it's this couple, uh, Bevelin and John. And, I mean, Bevelin snaps the neck. I mean, He's dead. Dead. Kills. Kills the Sharon, lays it down. And luckily, there's no witnesses except their two kids. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, Daddy, what's going on? Uh, You're a murderer now, Mom? Don't worry about who this lady is. She's taking a nap. And uh, (laughs) like, are we okay? This is scary. Don't worry. This is a little trip. We're going to get going. Okay. We'll be safe in a little bit. And then, boom, you see they're coming from the second Death Star. That's the big play. This is the second Death Star they're working on. And if you look at it, it's just about as done as you see it in The Return of the Jedi because it never really gets done fully when they attack. They are going off to tell the rebels that there is a second Death Star being made and where it is. So this is getting us very, very close to Return of the Jedi. Now, I'm with you when we talked before. I really wanted more Luke in this. I wanted more Luke. He's on the cover. Yeah. Light the lightsaber, Luke. Let's see your thing. Look at me. (laughs) Like, look at that guy. Uh, Yeah, this kind of threw me as a kind of a weird little one shot almost with this idea of finding out about the second Death Star. And this will obviously up the ante of the rebels of we got to get things going here. We got to get things in place and we got to destroy this again. Uh, though the joke was even back in the day, why would the Emperor go with another Death Star? So you, you ruin that. I'm going to make another. And then it goes down. But pretty cool at the end. I, I felt uneasy at the beginning, but. It's a weird tone. I mean, it, you definitely felt uneasy at and the that's beginning. The thing. Like, I mean, you can on? say, well, it's war and it goes on. It just didn't feel like something that they would Not normally the do. Like, here's the deal. You could. I'm surprised that at the beginning, they didn't have Leia, Mon Mothma, Akbar talking and saying, hey, we got us. We're going to end up targeting this, you know, celebration and them saying we're going to pick this exact one. Because it's only Imperials. This is a planet where it's just them. We know there'll be no civilians watching. This is the full out deal. Let's go hit it. But not weird enough for me to like, oh, man, you shouldn't read this or anything. Because at the end, it's kind of a cool little deal with this Death Star. I wish that the art was better. The art is not really good at all. And it's just it's not detailed at all. And everybody looks the same. There's no real things that pop out. You even have where you have... To the Rebel Alliance, and you have everybody cheering, and it's like so non-detailed. Lobo looks pissed. Like everybody's just there. It looks like it's barely even drawn in completely. And when you get the big moment where you're going to show this Imperial Unity Day parade with the ADATs and the SD, all these things going on, it ends up not detailed. It just kind of is like globby and and not you know detailed in that it should have been. It could have been really cool. Uh, but what would you give it? I thought the art in the second half was the uh, Imperial stuff was better. I think. Yeah, it was. It general. got a little better. It seemed like it was like, let's rush past this other stuff and yeah. get to it. It did get better as it went on. And really, I'll tell you where it really does pick up like the big emphasis 
was when Bevelyn goes into her apartment with John. Then suddenly things get a little more detailed with the faces and the expressions. Mm-hmm. But before that, not much at all. So I could only tell who people were based on the lines on their faces from being dirty or tired or whatever it was. That's the only reason. It's weird, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I think Charles Soul did a great job of like kind of setting this up. I mean, it, it took a lot of work, I'm sure, to piece this all together and figure out how it was going to work in continuity with everything else. So I think it's a pretty good job there. So I'd probably give it an eight, just a little bit down. I think I'm going to go an eight. I'm actually thinking of something right now, though. At one point, when you end up, Major Sharon comes in to talk to Jared Gerard and says, you know, since this attack of the rebels on the parade, we're, we're tightening things up. And Gerard goes, Jared Gerard says, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not, we don't get whole yeah, we don't get the TV don't channels. Get that. How then did that holo come in when you end up having John go into that room and he just picks up a tablet and sees a imperial holo about the Navy? It seems weird. Even though that is propaganda deal, you would think that they would be reported about that parade, whatever he's going and watching that on as well. But you could tell me that maybe it's like a closed circuit thing. Yeah, I was I don't gonna know. say that. They have a couple channels that they monitor. I mean, it would be one of those where I think that you would use as propaganda the idea of the rebels, look at these scum. They're doing this and that, but you know, you can put that aside. But it seems like they don't get many, if any, communications from the outside that there would be anything that Kira would be able to hack into and let be dis- displayed here. But yeah. he found out. It's it's a weird play. But uh eight out of ten big reveal at the end is cool and it's funny because remember at one point that was like what this book always had at the end you'd have like this big thing like oh my god that was the monster from this and oh my god that was that darth vader did a lot too and they kind of got away definitely from the big big things but this is huge so you have to give it credit for that and then the next issue you have luke again on the cover (laughs) i'm like are we gonna get him i don't know because i want more (laughs) luke i want to see more of I I don't need this to end this section of these books where they're like, okay, we're going to return to the Jedi. And they're just like, well, Luke learned from reading that book occasionally. I want to see more. I want to see him get more for what he ends up being at the beginning of the return of the Jedi. But we'll see. We'll see how Luke just gets the absolute worst Jedi training possible. Just reading books, books and, you know, running around with Yoda like a backpack. Yeah, compared to every you know? all the other Jedi, it's like 1% of what they yeah, get. Yeah, he's like, oh, man, look at me <laughs> reading a book. He's, I'd love it. He's reading it, and then Yoda shows up and says, you're reading it upside down. Dude, like, come on. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he has this book, and he feels like he's getting closer to the Force. So. He has no idea. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah, that is it for this week. So I hope everybody enjoyed listening and reading this issue of star wars again go to our twitter at ws marvel comics follow us we'll follow you back and then also go to our website weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com and our patreon patreon.com slash weird science where you can get a bunch of things including this which will now be a couple days early access so with all that we'll say goodbye see you matt thanks for joining me once again and thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you later Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.